You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the special edition of the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and we are doing a special edition because tomorrow night, Thursday night, May 11th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have on the LMN Network a brand new movie called Secrets of My Stepdaughter premiering, and we have three actors and actresses from that movie. We have the lead Cameron Bancroft, Ali Scobie, and Tierra Scobie. And uh, Cameron plays Greg, the husband. Allie plays Addie, one of the stepdaughters. And Tierra, her sister, plays Rachel. Now, you've seen Cameron in Unreal and Cedar Cove. You've seen Allie in When Calls the Heart from the Hallmark Channel. And you've seen Tierra Scobie on CW's Riverdale. And uh, they're going to be here talking to us about this particular movie, their careers, what inspires them to be an actor and actress, and so much more. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Just sit back, relax with us, and have fun. We're going to be playing music and... And we're going to kick off the second half of the week right right here tonight. So uh, before we get into anything, go check out our website after the show is done, of course. It is www.theamemagazine.com. The cool thing about that is there is absolutely no uh, subscription fees or anything like that. All you have to do is go check it out seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. It's free to see who we have on this show, who we've had coming up on the show, all of our television adventures, and of course, anybody that we have on our magazine, and hopefully they will inspire you to get out there and try some form of art. Art can touch so many people in so many different ways. It's very therapeutic, as we're going to hear from uh, Cameron Bancroft here in just a little bit, because we read his bio and how he got into acting. Very inspirational uh, man in, in his own right. And uh, somebody that didn't let something happen to him keep him from being and what he loves to do. And what's even better about it, it was therapeutic for him. So hopefully he'll inspire you to do the same thing. Uh, Also, if you are on uh, social media, we are on lots of different social media networks. We're on Instagram at Dowd Studios. We are on Twitter at Dowd Studios. And we're at the uh, Facebook, which is the AME Experience. Now, we want to be able to hear from you. We want to put out different things. We want interactions. We want all kinds of different stuff. So if you're out there, share us, like us, follow us, do whatever whatever you need to do. We want to make sure that whatever we put out there is going to inspire somebody else. So whatever you see that you like, share it because you never know who you're going to touch along the way. Okay, guys, we have got so much coming up, so I'm just going to get into it, and we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will have Cameron Bancroft kicking off this uh, hour of uh, Secrets of My Stepdaughter and so much more, so don't go anywhere. The AMFM 24-7 Roku channel broadcasts all of our shows on demand. To ensure reliability, we store and stream our content on the same servers as Netflix and Amazon. Our Roku channel is free to use, and anyone owning one of the more than 10 million Roku devices can watch our channel at no cost whatsoever. If you have a television show or are thinking about producing a show, you can be a part of AMFM 24-7's Roku channel. 
Watch our great shows on your Roku device. It's free and more reliable than cable TV. Are you stuck with a timeshare? Did you attend the presentation and were seduced and enticed into buying that great vacation and investment? Now you're in the terrible position of trying to figure out a way to get out of that mess. You're not alone. For over 15 years, BuyYourTimeshare.com has been helping people like yourself get out of timeshare ownership. The fact is there is no resale market. Unscrupulous telemarketers call you and say they have buyers waiting, and the next thing that happens is you give them hundreds of dollars for an ad, and you'll never hear from them again. Another fact is that an identical timeshare to yours is being offered on eBay for a dollar, and no one is buying it. If you want out of your timeshare, I urge you to go to buyyourtimeshare.com or call them at 877-94-HELP-ME. That number again is 877-94-HELP-ME. Buyyourtimeshare.com. That's buyyourtimeshare.com. 877-94-HELP-ME. 877-94-HELP-ME. A teacher holds the power to make a huge difference in the lives of students. D.D. Ritman's new book, Student Teaching, The Inside Scoop from a Master Teacher, will help both new teachers and veteran teachers to be the best teachers they can be, impacting students' lives one day at a time. Available at ddritman.com or amazon.com. Again, that's ddritman.com, D-E-D-E-R-I-T-T-M-A-N.com. Hi, this is Serena Palmer. You can come see me at the Shaw Festival and Dancing in Lunasa and Andrew Cleese in the Lion until October 15th. Visit ShawFest.com for more info. Hey, everybody. This is Jay Underwood from uh, the original Fantastic Four, Roger Corman's uh, early 90s production, and now the uh, documentary Doomed, and you are listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have on the line with me a very special guest. His name is Cameron Bancroft. And he has been seen in Unreal and Cedar Cove. And he plays the husband, Greg, in a brand new LMN movie coming out actually tomorrow called Secrets of My Stepdaughter. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. Well, this is a lot of fun. You know, I love doing uh, covering the uh, Lifetime movies and, and all these other types of things because they're so interesting. And I, I've completely become addicted to them. I mean, i got to admit, <laughs> I have been addicted to them. They're, they're, so, they're better dramas than I've seen in a lot of the movies that I see on, in, in, that I pay a lot of money to go see. So these are, these are phenomenally done. And um, I'm, it's really cool that you got to be a part of these. Um, tell us a little bit, how did you get into acting? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, first of all, I agree with you, Jason. I think they really are a great guilty pleasure and a, and a nice escape from what's happening in the world. And uh, I'll try to give you a little bit more insight on the production of these things because it's, that, to me, is fascinating and always a challenge as an actor. Um, I got into acting. Um, it was actually a, a terrible accident that kind of led me to acting. I had just turned 16, and like most 16-year-olds, was very excited to get my driver's license and did so on the morning of uh, my birthday. And four days later, I was going to meet some friends uh, sort of in this park area where I live in Vancouver. And I went down a wrong path and there was a rock slide and I fell 150 feet over a series of cliffs and was bleeding profusely from a bunch of areas, but I had a severe concussion. In shock, I stood up and uh, had a friend with me who went and got help and called 911. And uh, long story short, it was about a year of EEG tests and recovery from this serious brain injury. 
that um, I had to move away from sports and uh, find a different way to connect at school. And I had a couple of great drama teachers that said, uh, we'll take you. And uh, I was extremely hesitant and decided I should step out of my comfort zone and meet some new people and figure out what to do with my extracurricular time now that I wasn't playing any sports. And um, the, the timing of it was, was pretty lucky in the sense that Vancouver was just starting to become this sort of North Hollywood uh, productions coming up. And a lot of the casting directors would call our high school to ask if uh, there were any actors that could fit, you know, certain criteria that they were looking for. So that's, that's the long and short of it and how a terrible accident kind of turned into something wonderful. Not only was it uh, something that I could connect with other kids and, and make friends, but um, it was very th- therapeutic for my recovery. Wow, that is an amazing story, and I'm glad you're okay. I mean, my God, 150 feet, I mean, that would kill most people. So, I, you're, you know, I think, yeah, we've learned so much more from concussions, you know, and, and just how it changes the way that we learn. And, of course, now with progressive education, we know that this whole traditional way of memorizing and sitting being lectured to uh, from textbooks is, is really challenging for a lot of students. And yeah. I tell uh, the students that I teach that I was terrified when I agreed to be in, in not only a play, but a musical. I thought, well, what have I got myself into? I'm going to have to learn my lines and I have to learn choreography. And um, I had imposter syndrome. I was going to be exposed when the director said, everybody has to be off book by this certain date. I was terrified that we were going to have to stop. And the director said, I want everyone to come on stage with your script in hand and with a pencil, and we're going to go through the entire musical, and you're going to write in your blocking, which I had no idea what blocking was. But once he explained it to me, that you're this is downstage, this is middle stage, this is upstage, and we all moved to those positions, I could make that makes sense. That's downstage, closest to the audience. And then I would write in my blocking, and I would know that I was speaking to, we were doing West Side Story, I was a jet, I was a shark, we were enemies, my line makes sense, I'm talking to an enemy. So, uh, you know, I think that's really, really important that um, for a lot of, uh, a lot of actors do have certain learning challenges, uh, and a lot of us kind of find our comfort zone by actually stepping out of our comfort zone and realizing that... Uh, uh, we are visual learners and experiential learners. Well, I got a, I got a chance to see your your resume, and it's quite extensive, which is impressive. Did this particular injury, does it still have any lingering effects with you? Do you still have a hard time sometimes remembering lines or anything like that, or has it really been the therapy that helped get you out of this and, and back to normal? Well, like anything, repetition helps you become better at something. And I think your, your memory really is like a muscle. The more you use it, the better you uh, are able to, to gain from it. And so memorizing is something that I've done now professionally for over 30 years. And I, I, I think that I've become fairly good at it. I do have certain tricks that I use. Um, uh, for instance, if I get sides the night before, I'll sometimes talk them into my phone and put headphones on and read both or all the characters' lines and I'm looking at it and listening to it and then sometimes moving around with it. So the phone's been really helpful for that. 
they've written some of my injuries into storylines in the past. Like on Nano 2 and 0, I played Joe Bradley, the quarterback, and um, had all these scars on my arms, and I was in T-shirts and shorts, and rather than cover it, Aaron just said, let's make that part of your backstory that you had to overcome this uh, serious accident, and doctors, they embellished it a little bit, of course. I'm not a 2-0. My character was told he was never going to walk again, and here he was, uh, an NCAA quarterback at that fictitious university. Um, uh, one of the, the breakout roles I had was in a TV movie for NBC. It was called The Eddie Keating Story, To Walk Again, and it was about a real Marine who was a bit of a screw-up kid, and the parents kind of forced him into the military. And he found his identity there and found that structure, you know, was, was very useful to him. And then a Marine training exercise, he gets shot in the back of the head and um, pulls out of a coma and has to learn how to walk again. So it was a very emotional piece, and um, I, I definitely tapped into to all the experience that I had in hospitals and that fear of, of um not so much would I get better, but the fear that you had when you looked at the people who loved you, that knew you, and could you could read that you were different. You could read that they saw you differently, that you had things wrong with you that you know weren't there before. So it's you know it's amazing how you can make something that at the time is so awful and turn it into something good. And it's definitely been been helpful for me in my life. That is true for sure. You know, uh, what's really cool is you, you're the first person out of the, the uh, other two that we have coming on about this movie uh, today, so you get, the, you get the pleasure of telling everybody okay. about what <laughs> Secrets of My Stepdaughter is all about. So uh, give us a little, a little idea without being a spoiler. Okay, Secrets of My Stepdaughter is uh, about a blended family that comes together, a daughter from each marriage, and, um, and it, it sort of takes off there. How does this family connect um, with one another. The oldest uh, daughter is, is coming back to the family after living with her mom for years and now wants to live again with her father, but also her new stepsister. Um, I have to say it's just acted beautifully by uh, two real-life sisters, uh, Tiara Scobie, who audiences will know recently from uh, Riverdale. She plays Polly on Riverdale. And Allie Scobie, who works all the time. She's on uh, When Calls the Heart, and she's been on, the, I think it's the Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries for Hallmark. So they're real-life sisters, and um, it was really cool to see them working together, and they're such talented girls, but obviously they have that innate relationship and connection already, so uh, I think that really uh, makes the story that much more compelling. Josie Davis please uh, please my wife and she is fantastic I don't I, she knows this genre so well and it is such a fine line between being overly dramatic or melodramatic and staying sort of rooted in that living truthfully under imaginary circumstances and uh, I actually kind of you know one of the few dudes in the whole movie um, Lucia Walters plays the detective outstandingly, and uh, myself and Gary Chalk are like the only guys, so it was fun going to work, it was fun just being able to react off these talented ladies, um, what else can I tell you, um, I, I don't know that I can really tell you too much, other than that something happens, an incident happens, and uh, the story <laughs> unfolds, it's kind of a, a whodunit, and um, 
told in, I think, a fairly modern, progressive way. Jim Gerard uh, is our director, female director. Um, it was uh, uh, shot beautifully. Um, it, uh, I, I think that this, this style of movie that has been condensed from the old days when we used to shoot them in a month for a network, and now you shoot them in 12 days, is kind of the modern-day soap opera, but on multiple locations. Mm-hmm. You know, you it, it's all about pace. It's all about coming to work, being prepared. Um, there's no time to uh, learn lines or um, be overly cerebral about what the scenes are. Everybody has to be on the same page with your script analysis. And you throw yourself out there and... and uh, and hope that it comes together. And it's always kind of surprising and shocking to me when I see these things. I have seen the movie, by the way, and uh, I think it's come together well. I was very pleased with it. What has uh, what attracted you most about your character, Greg, to, to make you want to play this particular character? Um, it was a long time before I could play characters that were dads. It, uh, I have fairly... <laughs> Uh, boyish kind of look about me and I, I for a long time you know you go from that transition from being like a teen to hoping that you can kind of play these more mature characters um, only because I think that these adult characters I'm finding are, are sort of beautifully flawed in a realistic way and um, uh, I, I always love playing fathers I have, I have two children myself both happen to be teenagers, and to me, that's probably one of the greatest roles I've ever had in my life. So to to be able to put in um, all of that emotion, um, all of that constantly trying to do the right thing as a parent um, was important for this character. Um, it was important to understand um, the relationship uh what it's like to have a relationship with your daughter who um, you're remarried to a new woman who is not the biological mother and that dynamic um, it's it's all about family and and trying to do the right thing to keep your family together and keep them strong and keep them protected now as we were talking about earlier you know these are, these types of movies have become really really kind of uh, addicting to watch and a lot of fun really in so many different mm-hmm. ways what was your what was it like working with LMN and what do you think makes these these particular shows so exciting for people to be able to watch um, well first and foremost i think we watch entertainment for escapism and um uh, I know that I, since a young uh, child, loved uh, being completely taken away by good storytelling, um, whether it's in a theater or whether it's at home. Um, nowadays, I think uh, there's so much to be gained by watching on the TV. We've all got these big, huge TVs with, you know, lovely systems and um the, the, the drama is changed. You know, soap operas are virtually gone, but uh, this genre, I think, kind of fills that a little bit. It, um, it's not too heavy. It's not too violent. It's not too visually gory. Um, uh, so I think that there's a comfort zone there that people have with it, too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and sometimes the stories are somewhat familiar. I think we all kind of get a kick out of trying to figure out who's done it ahead of ahead of the plot. Uh, I know even when I'm watching it, I kind of feel like you know you want to yell out at the screen a couple of times, and <laughs> you know you hope that there's some good twists and turns in there, and and uh, strong enough acting that uh, you know that you're left with some surprises. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I know from uh, experience with talking about some of the actors from these other types of movies that have gone in the past here, a lot of them do a, li- a lot of live tweeting when they when these uh, videos when these movies come on. Are you going to be doing any live tweeting during this particular uh, this particular airing tomorrow night? Well, if you, I'll give you the honest answer, Jason, and that is, you know, I, I'm 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 very new. To Twitter, I do have a Twitter, and I do respond to everybody who does tweet me. It's uh, at uh, Bancroft Cameron. Um, I have done a little bit of live tweeting, but uh, <laughs> I've got two teenagers, and uh, they're both super involved in sports. I try to make myself available, and I'm also, uh, because I haven't done it a lot, I don't feel super confident. I will try. Um uh, I'm up here in Canada, and we don't always line up with the uh, with the same viewing schedules. But I will uh, I will give it my best effort. How's that? And if they if they do tweet me, even if it's not a live tweet, I will respond to uh, any questions that they may have. It would be my pleasure. Well, that's a that's a really cool uh, cool opportunity for anybody to do then too. And um, you know, one of the things that I would like to be able to do, because we're running out of time before we got to go to our commercial break, but uh, I want to be able to, yeah. uh, to to promote anything that you have coming up that you're interested in and that maybe people can follow you with and uh, see how people can follow you. Maybe you have a website or something you want to give out. Well, that's right. Well, probably the Twitter handle, because it is pretty new, is probably the best way. I understand that that really has kind of replaced uh, fan letters and stuff like that that we're used to kind of respond to. So I am more than happy to do that, and I promise that I do respond to all. <laughs> Um, I, I am so grateful to Lifetime. I've worked for them. I think this is maybe uh, between Hallmark and Lifetime, it's probably over 30 TV movies now. And um, they've been very good to me. I was on um, the season three of Unreal for Lifetime, which is uh, just an outstanding cast and, and outstanding writing. Um, and I've just uh, joined Chesapeake Shores as a recurring role, so they've just uh, started shooting season two. And I've got another movie coming out on Lifetime with uh, Emmanuel Voyer called uh, Washed Away is the production title. And I've got an independent film called uh, Action Comics Number 1, which uh, hopefully is going to be... I think they're hoping that they'll get some interest from Comic-Con and do the festival circuit, but it is a hilarious black comedy that uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, working in that genre as well. I'm grateful that I've got an opportunity to work in a bunch of different genres. Yeah. Well, Cameron, this has been a lot of fun. I cannot wait to see you uh, in action tomorrow night, uh, which is actually going to be for everybody that's not not knowing what it it is yet. It's Thursday, May 11th at 8 p.m. on LMN. And I thank you for your time. I, this has been a lot of fun, and I, I wish you all the best with all you have coming up. Well, thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate your time, and uh, just to, to let your listeners know that I, I will do my best to be there for them tomorrow night. Awesome. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have Allie and Tierra coming up, so don't go anywhere. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? 
Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Hi, this is Dina Martin, and you're listening to my new album, Swing Street. You can get it at dinamartin.com, Amazon, of course, any place where you can get a digital download. Go on to iTunes, but I know you're going to love it. And thank you for listening to me on the radio. This is Andrea Tanteros from the Fox News Channel and author of the new bestseller, Tied Up in Knots. You're listening to AME Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I now have the second guest from tonight's movie, Secrets of My Stepdaughter. It's Tierra Scovey. You've seen her on CW's Riverdale. And she plays Rachel, which is Greg's daughter from a previous marriage, on the new movie, Secrets of My Stepdaughter. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. So this is, great. Kind of, this is kind of interesting. You've done, a, you've done some pretty cool uh, work here in the past. What kind of got you into being an actress? Um, well, I actually kind of just fell into it by... I don't know, some kind of weird coincidence. When I was seven years old, I got scouted. And my parents were like, I have no idea if this is going to be something she actually pursues. And I just haven't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've also done a lot of modeling, too, haven't you? I have, yeah. So you've really done a lot of different things. Uh, what has, has, you know, sometimes I've seen it because I, I'm a photographer myself, and I've seen that sometimes you're able to act out things better because you've done modeling, because some of the models can really make a, uh, they, they did acting, they could really, you know, make those pictures better or vice versa. Did, did, any, did that help you out in any of this? Like, did it kind of play on each other for a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I've actually played a model a couple of times in some movies, which has been interesting. I started modeling after I started acting, so the acting definitely helped make me, you know, more outgoing, more comfortable in front of the camera. And yeah. What makes acting so interesting for you? Um, I guess it's the prospect of playing so many different characters and personas and people. It's just been, um, it's just never, it's never dull. There's always something new and exciting happening, which is what I love. Have you ever had the chance to play, like, the ideal character that you've ever wanted to play? I mean, we all got to, you know, we all dream about something. It's like, man, I really wish I could play this type of character if I was an actor or an actress. And, um, you know, maybe it's a superhero or anything like that. Have you ever had that opportunity to play, like, your ideal character yet? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I've found uh, parts of every character that I'm in that's ideal and awesome and super fun. I'm currently on the show Riverdale right now, which is, I was a huge RG comic fan, so for me that was huge and very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, yeah. what kind of, um, what kind of uh, roles do you like to, to uh, take on your own uh, when you decide to take a role? Is there, is there something specific that you look for? Are you always just looking to challenge yourself? Um, you know, I always find it's more fun to play something that's further, for, the furthest from myself. You know, something that's, you know, like, very much like Rachel in the movie. Um, that's, you know, not that I, I actually get to, like, step into completely different shoes and do a lot of work and research and become a completely different person. Sometimes I find it's even harder to like 
play closest to myself for whatever reason. But when you get to put something else on, it's a little bit, you know, it's more fun, more challenging. Well, I totally get that because, you know, I can't write a bio about myself to save my life. And it's it's like, <laughs> maybe it's like, I, I feel like I'm bragging or I'm talking about it. You know, and it's it's maybe just too weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, totally. maybe, <laughs> maybe it's like that for you. <laughs> now, yeah. Now, this movie is pretty interesting. Have you ever worked with Lifetime before, other, other than this particular movie? I have, actually, a few times. What, what do you think about Lifetime? Because I love, I've been kind of really addicted to Lifetime. In fact, I kind of got addicted about a couple of years ago, because uh, my wife would sit there and watch these movies. And, you know, it, it, doesn't, it seems like it doesn't matter where you pick up in the movie. Like, if you come in and it's like already an hour in, you catch on very fast. And you get to realize that they are really good movies. Um, what was it like? What's it like working for Lifetime from you? And what do you like most about their particular uh, movies and, and shorts that they put out? Um, I mean, I think they always they always find a, a way to make their movies very um, like a really great way to escape. I think that's why they they do so well is that you can always watch them and you can always you know escape into a new world. And there's always like you kind of get sucked in because they're they always start off like really relatable, and you're like, oh my god, look at this family and then something always kind of takes a twist and you're like what <laughs> so i think that they do that very well i also seem to love that the fact that a lot of the storylines are something that can happen in real life it's not like you know one of these slasher movies from like you know nightmare on elm street or something like that it's just never going to happen this is stuff that if you really sit down and think about it this could happen in in middle day america or anywhere across the world and it's very common. So I think that kind of makes it a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more realistic for people. For sure, yeah. Now, you play particularly, uh, you play uh, Greg's daughter uh, from a previous marriage, uh, Rachel, and you got to play alongside your sister. Have you ever been on the same set and in the same movie with your sister before? I have, but not in, in, in a scene or, like, in a movie where we actually have a lot of dialogue together or, you know, I, I mean, we did... She was in a movie that I was in. Um, she played my younger sister for like one scene where we were like walking together down the sidewalk. But other than that, like actually being able to act together, we haven't done that before. And that was just like so much fun. <laughs> and since you were playing sisters, I'm sure that it made the chemistry a lot easier because you kind of know what it's like. You know, you live with her uh, growing up and everything like that. So did that make it easier? And, and did it help maybe make the, the story a little bit more believable? Oh, for sure. And, you know, in movies like this, the, the turnaround and the production and everything, it, it all happens so fast. And yeah. so sometimes you don't have a lot of time to actually build that relationship with the people that you're on set with. You have to kind of do it on the fly. So having that with Allie already built in, like just walking on the set and being like, eh, we got this, was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the whole idea of stepsisters was a little different because obviously with, with regular sisters and stuff like that, you, you know, you, you're born together, you ra- were raised in the same house. Was it a little bit of a challenge to make it like you just never uh, been with each other before, like a, like a real step family would? And how did you kind of get over the fact that we're real sisters, but now we've got to play like we're learning each other? Um, I think... Um one of the things that, like, Rachel used as a tactic in the movie to kind of gain everybody's trust was how quickly she, like, gelled with the family. And I think that was the thing that I really tried to work on was to, like, be overly friendly and, you know, like, come into the house all, right away and already be calling um, Josie mom and, like, like things like that being 
overly sweet and overly comfortable because I think that helped in a short amount of time build their trust for Rachel very fast. So as much as it was stepsister, I think I tried to play a little bit more like, it doesn't matter that we're stepsisters. You're my blood. You're my sister. Like, it doesn't matter that we haven't grown up together in a kind of way. Mm. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Now, what kind of, what made the, the role of Rachel so appealing for you that you wanted to play this particular role? Well, I mean, the initial appeal for me, for sure, was the fact, like, me and my sister got an audition for it at like, the same time, and we're like, Ooh, we should, like, try and find a way to, you know, go into the room, like, right after each other and, like, put that in the casting director's head that, like, hey, we're real sisters and, like, this could actually work. So for me, the initial, initial appeal was the idea that me and my sister could, you know, potentially play sisters in this this movie. Um, and then also the fact that Rachel is such an interesting, you know, dynamic character that I would actually get to, you know, really sink my teeth into. Uh, looking back at the particular uh, character here, what was, what has been some of the, maybe some of the bigger challenges playing this particular character? There's challenges in every type of role that you pick up, but what were some of the ones in this particular instance that made her, uh, made it maybe maybe more fun, maybe more challenging uh, for you to, uh, to, to do the role correctly? Um, well, I find Rachel, you know, has a lot of... Um explosive emotions that kind of tend to go up and down when she doesn't get her way she kind of doesn't you know she doesn't right really have the right social etiquette to deal with you know her emotions properly and go well i can't just you know talk this out she kind of explodes and doesn't really know how to control her anger and her aggression so i think figuring out that like difference between me like i know when i have an argument with someone i can't just like hit them over the head with the cash register i have to have a conversation with them and figure it out whereas rachel she doesn't really have that same um thought process her chemicals are a little different so i think figuring that out was you know very different from me and something i had to figure out how to bring so much truth into Mm -hmm. um I tr- I heard this this uh, this saying a little while ago that says that anytime you play anybody, whether you play somebody that's actual uh, a, an actual living person in like a documentary, or you play a fictional character, you learn something about that character and you take it with you. It's like it's always a part of you, almost like you morphed into that person. Did you have any of that happen when playing Rachel in this particular movie? Um, I think for me, I kind of try and find you know as much truth in myself in every character that I play because, you know, I'm, I have to come from my, my own emotions and my own feelings, so I try and relate as much as I can to every character that I play, and I think, you know, there's, you, you become attached in a weird sort of way to the characters that you're playing because they almost, yeah, they do almost become you, and I guess, maybe that happens, I mean, it happens with every character. I can't think of, like, specific things, but you definitely you know, I'll be doing something, I'll be like, oh, that popped into my head because I remember that from when I played this character, like, you know, certain things like that. Now, when people are done watching this particular movie, what do you hope that they take away from it? And maybe can even, maybe somehow use something in, the, in their own lives or, may, you know, what do, what do you hope that, they are, that they're able to take away from it? Um, I mean, I think, you know, a big important thing is that, like, the I try and pull... Um, Josie, I try and pull my parents apart. 
mm-hmm. or my, I guess my stepmom and my dad, I try and pull them apart and take, you know, pin them up against each other and make them not trust each other and break their relationship down. And I think a big thing is like, there's so many outside um, influences that come up in your life. And, and I think it's important to remember that like your partner was there with you from the beginning before this new force came in and to always remember that like, you know, to, to have trust in situations like that, not judge so fast. Now, did your character, t- uh, was, I know it's probably, but it's going to be written into the movie like that, but did, was she feeling like, you know, so I, I see it with people that are divorced all the time. The kids are like, I don't want mommy to marry anybody else, or I don't want daddy to, to marry anybody else. Was she kind of dealing with that type of situation? Because that's something that we, I think we really need to look at if we have uh, a relationship in real life with a potential uh, child that may be feeling those type of emotions, you know, seeing their parents, you know, dating somebody else that's not their mom or dad. Uh, yeah, I think Rachel, you know, th- Rachel definitely wanted her dad all to herself. She wanted, you know, to be, she wanted to have somebody else giving her all the attention um, and didn't want Josie to get in the way um, of that. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, it's important to, though I, I do think that Rachel's circumstance was <laughs> extreme, but, yeah. Now, um, I ask everybody, because I have heard this a lot on Lifetime movies or any Hallmark movies and stuff, is that a lot of the times the actors will be doing live tweeting during this particular uh, airing. And are you going to be doing anything like that? I probably will be. It's the 11th, right? Yes. I'm like, trying to remember. There's so many dates in my head. Um, what day is the 11th? Thursday. Thursday. I, you know what? I will be doing a lot of live tweeting on Thursday, because... Thursday is also the finale of Riverdale, so I'll be with the whole cast of Riverdale live tweeting that as well, and then, yeah, I'll live tweet the other one, if I can, wherever I'm in. I'm in Los Angeles right now, so, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> wow, you got two, you're going to be, you're going to be, it's going to be hard to keep it all, keep it all uh, together and see which one you're yeah. actually talking about. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So what do you have coming up that in the future here that maybe we, our listeners will be able to uh, to look forward to? Uh, well, we start season two of Riverdale uh, in June, and I'm also attached to a really cool indie feature, which will start filming in July. So um, those will be two things that are coming up for me that are exciting. And, of course, uh, how can people follow you and how can people find you on social media, websites, anything else they have coming up that I'm sure that your fans would love to be able to uh, go find out and, and uh, you know, just kind of see what's going on. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, uh, tscoby1, and then I'm on Twitter under scobytierra, and yeah, I use those a lot, so you'll find me there. Well, Tierra, thank you so much for coming on and, ta- and talking with us today, showing us, sharing us about your, this movie coming out, and I wish you all the best on everything that you have coming up. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have Allie coming on the line, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy, that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. 
This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hi, this is Ashley Scott, and you're listening to AME Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I have on the line with me a very special guest. Her name is Allie Scobie, and she is playing Addie in the new Lifetime movie, or LMN movie, called Secrets of, the, of the, My Stepdaughter. And you have also seen her on When Calls the Heart. Welcome to the show, Allie. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm very good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So this is a lot of fun. I love Lifetime movies. Um, they always bring a lot of drama, and I, like I've been telling everybody, I'm completely addicted to them because they are so... Um, they just captivate you. I mean, you, you, there's like something cool coming around the corner every time, yet they're very relatable stories. So um, what was it like to be able to, uh, to be in this Lifetime movie? Oh, it was amazing. Um, it was a great experience for sure. It was, you know, it was great to be with the amazing cast and crew day after day filming the movie. It was such an you know, incredible story to tell, and it was just it was a blast. Yeah, it was really fun. So let's let's uh, find out a little bit about you. How did you get started into being an actress? Um, so my older sister, Kira, was an actor when she was younger. And when I was about four or five, I didn't really want to do it. And then later I was like, oh, yeah, like I want to follow my sister's footsteps. I want to be just like her. So I started to get into it around the age of like five and six and just started auditioning and fell in love with it. And now I'm... Now it's what I love to do. <laughs> Did you uh, go through any type of training or like do any type of school theatrics, uh, the drama club or anything like that? Uh, yeah, when I was younger, I just did a couple commercial auditions. And when I was a bit older and I wanted to take it more seriously, I went and I studied at Railtown Actors Studio. Mm -hmm. And so I took classes there for a couple of years. And I still do now because it's always good to, to keep training. And yeah. What's been the best part of it for you about being an actress? What What do you love the most about it? What do I love the most? Mm. Um, I love I love getting to to dress up in all the cool different um, costumes. Like in One Calls the Heart, with the time period, you get to wear you know all these cool costumes that you wouldn't get to normally. And just being able to like play somebody else, just get out of your head for a bit, not be you, and just play and tell the story of of somebody else is amazing. Do you find it's hard sometimes after playing a role to actually, you know, detach yourself from that and stop being that out in real life? Because I know sometimes, like, especially if I'm really tired, you know, I'll get out there and I'll be talking all day and, you know, somebody will call me on the phone and, I, and I'll say, you know, uh, AME radio show, you know, it's like, oh, wait a second here, duh, it's, it's my, my personal phone, it's Jason. So, I mean, I, sometimes you can get stuck in that. Have you ever gotten stuck in inside of a role after you were done shooting? Um... I don't think so. I mean, it's pretty easy for me to, you know, be in the zone, um, you know, playing this character when I'm there. But when, you know, when we're off set, when we're driving home and I'm in, you know, my environment and my clothes and my, um, like, my family, my surroundings, it's pretty easy for me to, to switch back to, to who I am. But there's always a part of you that really relates to a character. Sure. And so a part of them is always still with you and around you. 
Now, what type yeah. of character would you love to be able to play? If you got to play anything, didn't matter what it is, what would be your ideal character that you would just absolutely love to be able to play? Oh, like a Disney princess. I don't know which one, anyone, but like to be able to play a Disney princess, like Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella, just anything would be would be a dream come true for sure. And with them doing a lot of different types of, uh, you know, real life uh, and real life uh, reenactments of these cartoons, that's a very good possibility to be able to do something like that. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Hopefully. <laughs> so did you did you grow up watching Disney? Because I'm a I'm a huge Disney buff. I've loved Disney my entire life, and I still watch every one of the movies that comes out. Um, what, who would be your favorite princess? Who's my favorite princess? Yeah. My favorite princess is. I have two. I love Ariel and I love Belle. Mm. Those are my, my favorites for sure. But both of them are almost a- identical in so many different ways, which is pretty scary. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I fell in love with them when I was a kid. Um, I love them all, but I love them the best, their storyline and, you know, the way they act and just everything about them. I, it was, yeah, I just love them the best. So let's talk a little bit about Secrets of My Stepdaughter here. I know you're you're playing mm-hmm. alongside your sister for the first time in a, in a full-length movie where you actually had a lot of you know dialogue between each other. What was it like playing with your sister for the first time? Oh, it was so fun. It was it was kind of weird at the beginning and different for sure, but it was so much fun. We um, usually when you start to film a movie, you need to build you know the relationship with that person and get to know get to know them. But it was just. It was so easy and so fun because we already had that chemistry together and we could just go on and act like we usually are and get to, you know, show the world how we usually are. And that's, it was pretty amazing and super fun. Now, your character actually plays the, um, plays Addie, who is the uh, daughter of uh, Jody da- Josie Davis, who plays Cindy in the movie. So you, basically, mm-hmm. uh, Greg comes in with your sister, and he's fr- and she's from a previous marriage. So b- you're your stepsisters now. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a little bit of a different different type of uh, relationship with step stepsisters, stepbrothers, what have you, uh, than it is with a real sister. How did you make it easier for yourself to make it feel like she was a stepsister and not necessarily your sister? Um. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a different vibe with stepsisters than there is with full sisters. But she, I feel like Addie was just um, just wanted someone like an older, um, somebody older that she could look up to and relate to very much. So when you know when they bought um, when they bought her home, she was just so excited and so so happy that she finally had someone to do stuff with and look up to. That they just they just clicked right away, and they they of course probably weren't you know, as comfortable with each other, but just totally fell in love and just, like, loved everything about her. And um, it was pretty easy to to, to to play that, as me and Tira both do in real life. So it really wasn't that much of, a, of an outstep for you to, to, to try to play like a stepsister. It was kind of like the same type of bond that a sister and stepsister yeah, would have? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Because I think with people who also have, have step-siblings, um, they treat them as if they're they're real siblings as well and um it's not i don't think too much is 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 different from it yeah now when i was talking to your sister earlier here one of the things i asked her about her role is that you know sometimes step step siblings tend to sometimes don't want to see their parents with somebody else you know and i i get that i totally get that 
So, you know, sometimes they put up these little defenses where they try to break up the family or they, you know, they do little things to, you know, kind of put little, you know, in, into the situation without being like yeah. calling major attention to themselves. Um, what do you think was, what do you, th what was your character's take on, you know, seeing your mom as the character that your mom played uh, with another guy, did you did you have that animosity like, oh man, here comes another here comes another sibling that I got to be with and everything else, and I don't really want to, you know, I really want my mom to just be with me or go back with my with my original dad. What was the backstory to that? Um, you know, I don't think she was too disappointed. I mean, of course, when your parents, you know, split up, it's hard and it's sad and it's not something that you want to happen. But she's she was very sweet and, and shy and like collected and put together so I think that she wasn't wasn't like even if she was very upset about it she wouldn't show it because she loves her mom very much and wants her mom to be happy and was also very excited about the fact that she was going to have a stepsister so that was like a plus um, making everything better um, making a better situation out of it so I feel like Addie was just very you know happy for her mom and happy that she found somebody else as it is sad it's also there's some light to it as well now when you when anybody plays any roles there's going to be something that's going to be really easy that comes from something that's really difficult um i don't know if there's anything that could be super easy all the way across the board and not, not have any difficulties with it what was some of the things that came naturally to you playing your character and what were some of the things that were a little bit more challenging and how did you overcome them um some things that were were really to portray while I was playing Addie was um, she's very she, she's kind of shy and doesn't like to you know talk out very much mm -hmm. and which is also like me I'm, I'm even though I'm an actor I still I'm very shy to talk to people who I don't know very well and can be kind of awkward sometimes so we could really relate in that way but she was um, she also she loves puppies which I love very much as well mm -hmm. So we have a lot in common um, in that sense, but I don't know if there was anything really too difficult um, about us. I think that we were very much similar, so it was very easy for me to step in and portray her. And you know, Josie has a uh, has a very decorative history of, of being an actress, and so does Cameron. How did they help you in this particular role? Did they give you any advice? Did they? How did they make making this particular role for you? Uh, easy, special, and just believable? Oh, they were great. They're amazing. Um, we made, you know, we would always sit there and we would rehearse the scenes and run the lines and stuff before we would shoot it. And, you know, they would always be giving pointers um, of different ways that you could try it and different ways that we should do it and, you know, talk about, you know, what scene happened before this and what, what kind of state of mind we were in. It was really nice to be with, to be with such professionals that knew exactly what they were doing and, and um, to just help you, you know, get in the zone. We're so easy to just work alongside with and made the whole experience a lot better. And when people are done watching this particular movie, what do you hope that they take away from it? Um, you know, what do I hope they take away from it? That you, I think that you shouldn't always trust people as much as as you would, even if, you know, they're your family and you love them very much or, or they're your friend and you, you trust them, but maybe if you don't know them very well that that you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't trust them as much as you think, but as well as, 
that family is such a strong and powerful thing and that as long as you know you have your family and, and you're loving towards each other then everything everything's going to be all right <laughs> Now I know that you got to see the role, you got to see the script, so you kind of knew exactly what was going to happen before you actually uh, did the particular uh, filming of it. However, mm-hmm. you when you read the script, and I'm going to leave this as a cliffhanger. Did the ending surprise you? When I read the script, yes, um, I was reading it, and I kind of had a feeling maybe that that was where it was going, but I don't think that I that it went to, you know, the extreme that it did when watching it. I don't think that I, I, wa- I think I was surprised, yeah, to the way that the ending came out, for sure. Well, that's definitely how we're going to have to end the, the talking of this particular uh, show, because I want people to be able to uh, get intrigued to be able to go watch it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> one of the things that I try to ask everybody, because I know it's very popular now, especially with Lifetime movies, is that the actress or actors will sometimes go on and do live tweeting during the, uh, during the, the, the premiere of the show. Are you going to be doing any live tweeting? I will. I will for sure. I will definitely be doing some live tweeting. And of course, how? What is that? Uh, what is your twi- uh, Twitter? Yeah, your Twitter handle. <laughs> My Twitter handle yes. is Ali Scobie. Cool. Yeah. And what do you have coming up that you hope that people will be able to go out there and, and experience with you? Uh, do you have any new? Um, do you have any new uh, projects coming up? Are you doing anything uh, theatrical or anything? Anything that's cool that you'd be able to share with us? Um. Well, what the one called the Heart Airing just ended. I'm doing. I do a series of movies for Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Channel. So we're filming our fourth one called Gourmet Detective um, in Victoria pretty soon. So that's going to be coming out as well. And I booked, I just recently found out that I booked um, a new role in Project that films in September, which I'm very excited for everyone to come out and see. I can't say too much about it yet, but it's very exciting and I'm sure everyone's really going to love it. And I can't wait to make it and create it for everybody. Now, having so many different projects going on at the same time, obviously sometimes you may have like an overlap of, you know, uh, taping or what have you. How do you manage to separate the two and memorize two completely different scripts? That's got to be that's got to be intense. Um, yeah, I'm. It's it can be difficult at times as well with um with school as well. I'm still in school, but I I've, I've gotten so used to it now. I've been doing it for eight nine years and I love it so much so that it's it's not I don't mind doing it and I love just I've become very well I've become very good at memorizing stuff so I think it's pretty easy for me to just sit down you know get a cup of coffee and just sit and learn the mall and learn the story and the character and you know get to know them well, we just have a few minutes left. Do you want? Do you have any uh, social media networks or websites or anything else you want to promote before we go? Um, my Twitter is Ali Scobie. My Instagram is Ali underscore Scobie. Um, my Facebook is is also Ali Scobie. And yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and talking to us about this movie. I cannot wait to watch it. I'm gonna and, and guys out there, if you're not able to see it live uh, on, on May 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. DVR, because I know it's going to be something that everybody's going to want to watch. Thank you for coming on here with me, Allie, and sharing your, sharing your time and talking to us about your movie and your role. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. 
All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be closing out the show and giving you a little bit more information on the movie, so don't go anywhere. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are closing it out, and I'm going to be doing it with music. I hope that you enjoyed our guest, Cameron Alley and Tierra from the movie Secrets of My Stepdaughter, which airs tomorrow night, May 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the LMN Network. And if you cannot make it to watch it as it premieres, go ahead and please DVR it. And remember, all three of those uh, of, the, of the guests tonight will be doing a live tweet, so go check that out, and you'll be able to talk to them live right on Twitter. So I'm going to end the show today with a song called Summer Place. I love this I love this song. It reminds me of my grandmother growing up and anytime I feel like stressed out or um, I feel blue or whatever it is, I go listen to this. We're going to and we're going to just finish it out to the end and we'll just say goodnight after that. Now, uh, check us out this Saturday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the AMFM 247 Broadcasting Network. Uh, we'll be on our regular time there. Also, on Friday at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WKLAP.com, we will be there. And if you are uh, following us on iHeart, you'll be able to hear this show early, plus Saturday's show early, because you're a VIP. So if you're there, you'll be able to get it before anybody else. If you're not with us on iHeart, all you have to do is search the AME Radio Show. All right, guys, that's all I have for you. Enjoy the song. Enjoy the show tomorrow, and we'll be back on sa- on Friday and Saturday with our normal scheduled time. So till then, keep those creative juices flowing. Have a great night, everybody, and have a great rest of the week.
that's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay, that's it.